Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a Sunday Night. I'm back again with my cold. It seems like it's just like a, a second personality with me anymore after I uh, get back from Exotica. You can always bank on it. You're going to get a cold. You're going to have the crud, the, uh, the convention crud. We have Jay uh, Copita with Why Not here today. Jay, I, of all the questions I could ask you in the world, <laughs> You lucky bastard, you got to see Tom Jones. Ah! Yeah. Yes, I did. He came to Austin a couple days ago, and the guy has still got it. He's going to be 83 in a couple of months, and uh, he played for two hours. It was yeah. insane. And people were still throwing their panties on stage for him. He still had his wits about him, and uh, his voice is still freaking smooth. Nice. Wow. nice. I, I told you I was going to come up with a zinger now. Uh, don't be envious, but in December, I have second row seats to Wayne Newton when he comes to Iowa. So <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. Whose whose voice is no longer there, but I mean it's still <laughs> Wayne Newton. So you anyway. should you should dye your hair jet black in honor yeah. of him. Uh, <laughs> stop this show! I want to sell some horses, but uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm excited for that, and and uh, it's um, I don't know what they call it. It's uh, intimate. An intimate night with with Wayne Newton. Well, that just means he didn't sell that many tickets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one way of looking at it. Yeah, but that should. I think that's going to be about my fifth time, and probably the last time of seeing Wayne Newton. So, yeah. uh, I, I remember I. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I saw him one time. The first time I saw him was in Davenport, Iowa, where we're going to go back. And I call. I worked for a radio station. And I called his promotional company. Want to know if I get some free tickets? Well, yeah, that's uh, quite a ways away. It's clear across the state of Iowa. I said, well, it's closer than Branson. Well, I guess you're right. And I saw him in yeah. Branson two or three times and a couple times in Iowa. Anyway, we'll be seeing him again. But Were you always, just quick question, were you always in Iowa, like, uh, over the years? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I lived in Minnesota for a number of years. Oh, uh, what part yeah. of Minnesota? Uh, I lived uh, north Moorhead, near Fargo, for, oh, yeah. like, middle and high school. And yeah. then I went to college in Minneapolis. I used to come down to Decorah all the time because I had friends that went to Luther College. Yeah. And uh, then we'd uh, go down once in a while to Columbia, Missouri. So right. we would drive through Iowa and wreak havoc all the way there. there. There's no way to get to Decorah from my house. It's just impossible. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it is. It's just one of those places that's just tough to get there. But yeah. Moorhead, Minnesota, that is where Bill Clinton went to work at the Come and Go after he got done being president. Really? Well, no, because Come and Go. <laughs> Come and goes again. Of course. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we are here. We've we've uh, had all the fun and merriment now of uh, of joking with uh, Jay here. But let's talk a little bit about um, uh, Exotica. You know, I have seen you at about nearly everything. <laughs> and you're walking around and, and uh, I like your hair. It's kind of your style. And and uh uh, you've always got a scowl on your face. I'm thinking, boy, that man's going to town. He's got some business to take care of. And I was like, don't fucking talk to him because he looks like he's busy. <laughs> and, then, uh, and we met at breakfast. Yeah. So, well, you know, don't let my facial expressions fully. I mean, a lot of times I'm just deep in thought or I'm on a mission. Usually I'm on a mission. It's yeah. usually hard to stop me if I'm walking because if I'm going from A to B quickly, it's just like, ah, you know, I got this on my mind. But at the end of the day, I'm a very approachable guy. You know, it's funny. I've been told by people, it's like, wow, you're talking to me. And I'm like, look, I'm just a dude. I've been in the industry for a really long time, but really I'm a nice guy and I should be approached by anybody and everybody. Uh, so, you know, some people just, I guess, aren't outgoing or maybe they're easily intimidated. I don't know, because there's nothing really intimidating about hey, me. He's just an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I get, uh, I get around. I try to talk to as many people as I possibly can. I go to these shows, obviously with business in mind. And, uh, you know, I try to get as much face time as I possibly can. And a good year, I'll go to like 10 shows. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So what? Let's talk. Let's go back in time and yeah. talk about why not and why did it happen and what what is it? So basically, why not started in 1996 by a kid fresh out of high school. He really created like the first social media, so to speak, for the adult entertainment industry. People that were building free web pages, adult websites, affiliate programs, all the earliest adult industry adapters started out in why not. They were trading traffic. There was message forums. You had to be voted in to be a part of this elite group. 
And of course, huge, huge deals were being cut back then because there was really no free porn on the internet in the 90s. Uh, these were guys who were making millions of dollars a year uh, with pay sites. And as time morphed, I joined the company in 2000. I started out as a PR guy. I was writing content for the site. I was managing the trade shows, doing marketing, stuff like that. We had to change with the times because, you know, of course, lots of competition comes in. Uh, consumers start getting more savvy. Models start wanting to do their own thing and not feeling like they have to be a part of somebody else's business. Uh, so we ended up changing into a media organization over the years where we still do news and marketing and opportunities for the business side of the industry. But we also started producing our own trade shows, our own award shows, our own email marketing software. You know, we've got about a dozen different properties that we've uh, developed over the years. I've been a part of the company for 23 years. Uh, I've been a co-owner of the company for about eight of those uh, 23 years. So I'm where I've started, but I've added a lot to my repertoire along the way. Wow. I mean, that I, I saw you had a, a ginormous booth at uh, Exotica this last time. Is yeah. that probably the biggest one you've had, or have you had, uh, is that consistent? It's pretty consistent, but we had probably 14 models uh, presenting at our booth, and the majority of them were there the majority of the time. So it looked very busy and happening a lot. Um, we're known for being a community and very community oriented uh, with a lot of the performers, cam performers, content creators, stuff like that. Uh, not so much the porn side of the industry as we are the content creation and the individual cam model side of the industry. So uh, a lot of the models that are working with us, some are well known, some are not so well known. Uh, but we try to cater to as many different tastes. And really, we just try to present ourselves as like a fun, happening, and safe place where people can be themselves and make money while they're doing it. Right. And that looked like your booth all the way around. I saw you had a couple of different stars there. They were interacting with uh, the fans. And uh, that given a good guest experience, I guess, is what you might call it. Yeah, exactly. I always want everybody to go make new friends, find new business make money and have their trip paid for one way or another. And my brand to just appear in thousands of photos and video clips as much as possible. That's really my take in it for why I pr promote that space. Otherwise, I'm there to meet as many business owners as possible. I talk to as many models at the other booths as possible. I meet you guys. I saw you guys at breakfast. You were name dropping a lot of important people from my past. And I'm like, I got to get to know these guys. You know, what the hell? So, uh, yeah, I go there looking for sponsors, looking for advertisers, and definitely looking for uh, uh, people to attend my events that are coming up in Hollywood in about three months. Sure. Uh, Sean Elliott's with us. Sean, how are you doing tonight? Where? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. You let well, us all go. I had um, to. Uh, I mean, Jay's my boy. I had to uh, to honor him. So I, I, I reached out and got my 80s hair going. And uh, I don't know what the fuck Jay does. All I know is this. I like him. He's, he's, a, he's what you call a compassionate businessman. Compassionate comes from a liberal background like me. It's that kid background. But we get older, we get a little more conservative. He's a businessman. Uh, from what I see, not knowing that side of the industry, is that the um, thing that got me closest to Jay was he, one of the events that he has is when he gets the leaders in this business uh, and he puts it, why not puts it together, Jay puts it together, and uh, it's a learning experience. And I've, I've told a uh, little bit of the cab models and the people to, if you can, get out there to Vegas or L.A. or wherever he's doing it, go see, see what why not is all about. Uh, I don't claim to, to know. I know it's business. I know it's for the industry. And I know Jay is a person. He's got a great, great heart. And, and then we really became friends when he was on the set watching me screw Victoria Peaks and Jay was there. And he, Give me a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> a thumbs up, but not a thumbs up the ass. <laughs> not a thumbs up the ass. He's a good guy. Good to see you, Jay. Thank Sorry you. I got down here, Bradford, a couple of minutes late. You got East Coast time over here, dude. And it switched to seven. And so yeah. I'm steak is not in my teeth right now. I, I was but just mentioning. Huh? I was just mentioning that the time, the whole time change thing, because it was evidently getting late for the people on the East Coast. So anyway, we shorted up a little bit. Then the guy I really wanted to short up for, uh, has missed the last two. So, uh, so much for Steven being with us, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, good to see you, baby. You should have come into the lounge with me at the airport. Nah, 
you know, yeah. before I before I fly on trips, nothing personal. I just kind of like to be in my own zone. I, I don't that. like to, you know, I, I like to go places and not feel like I have to sit and I don't know. It's hard I to, love you, but when you said I got to go and gave me a hug, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm like, a loner. Okay, I go, okay, I can sit back. When I travel, dude, I'm a total loner. It's just like I just need to be All on right. my own. It's nothing personal. And I'm sure you had a much better experience than I did. Uh, the food was all right. <laughs> See you in Miami? Uh, for Exotica July, yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. What, uh, Jace, what events do you have coming up that Why Not is going to be the, the main, uh, main focus on? Uh, let's see. Well, it's funny. There's a few shows going on in Romania this month, but I'm not going to either one of those. I'm kind of cutting back on European travel this year uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one being, you know, expenses. And just because we're pushing our events in Hollywood a few months earlier, I need pretty much most of May and all of June and July to really just bust my, my ass and get all this put together. We've got the Why Not Community trade show for models and creators and the executive side of that business Going on in Hollywood, August 6th through 8th, we've got the Why Not Cam Awards, where we award creators and cam models uh, happening August 9th in Hollywood. Uh, I'm doing two shows in July, so I'm going to be at the Anme, which is a, a toy show, sex toy and novelty show, happening in Burbank. So that's in mid-July. I'll be there for four days, and then I'm going directly there to the Miami Exotica uh, for another four days, back-to-back. -back. Uh, those are my shows going on in July. I've got my shows going on in August. I'll be in Prague at the European Summit, also known as the TES Affiliate Conference. I'll be in Prague for about a week in uh, mid to late September. I'll be going to the UK shortly after that for a few days. Uh, let's see, October, we've got our own online summit, which was born out of the pandemic. We decided to keep it year after year because a lot of creators just don't like to travel or they don't have the means to travel or they just enjoy the educational seminars that we produce. So that's a two-day show happening in October. I'll be at the New Jersey Exotica in early November. I'll be at the D.C. Exotica in early December. And I think there might be something missing there. Um, I think I might be in Vegas for a few days somewhere. You're going there. to the ASN thing in Vegas in August, maybe. No, I'm not going to that because that week before my show, it's just balls to the wall. Every possible thing that could happen last minute, all the things that, you know, could go wrong, that do go wrong, I need to be present and, and uh, ready to just deal with shit. So that's going to be... Yeah, August 1st through August 10th, those 10 days are going to be fun but hell. Yeah. Sounds, sounds incredible. That's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, it just slays me how I can be, you know, you, you've got to be a promoter to just get on board with all that and burn both ends of the candle. That would be what I would, I'd, hell, I'd be sick all the time. All those <laughs> it's 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 definitely a challenge uh the older i'm getting the harder it is getting to do but you know i one thing that i've definitely cut back on i just don't drink at all like i used to at these shows and i don't pull these four o'clock and five o'clock a.m all-nighters and shit like that i mean i still go to bed at like two you know it's late but there's a big difference going to bed at two and getting up at eight as opposed to going to bed at four or five and waking up at eight and still being drunk you know i just i can't i can't do that shit anymore i used to do that four or five days in a row uh, 10 times a year yeah. and uh, yeah not doing that anymore kills me I uh, I exercise on a pretty regular basis I have to uh, if I want to keep my you know physical strength about me because I go to these shows I I, I go all in and um, you know I usually don't get sick I, I I get behind I'm pretty screwed for about a week after I get back even when I'm still trying to uh, work you know in the mornings on my laptop and get emails and stuff knocked out uh, but yeah, my physical health is just, it's too important. So I, uh, I do everything I possibly can to prevent getting sick. Sure. Sure. James is with us and James, a uh, question for Jay. Uh, I just want to say, uh, nice meeting you, Jay. Nice uh, meeting you. Yeah. Uh, I was there in Chicago for, um, at the, uh, and I stopped by your booth every now and then. Yeah. Mainly to, mainly to see Angel Graves because she's one of my favorites. I love her to death. Yeah. She's sweet. Yeah. Um, I really don't have that much of a question, but I just want to let you know it's just great to meet you, and I, I really had a great time uh, chatting with the girls when I was there in Chicago. That's great. Thank you. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, um, and people who said, well, you're going to have Jay on from Why Not? What does he do? And I said, <laughs> I don't I know what he does. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> but, you know, that's, you're a promoter. You're out there. And uh, now, were you at, did I see you at X3? No, you did not. Okay, I well, I, I didn't know if, if you were there or not. 
there's a clusterfuck anyway, so you save the <laughs> So I've heard. Um, I was actually at AVN and Internext. Uh, so I was in Vegas for like four or five days there at Resorts World. And, uh, you know, there were mixed feelings and reviews about all those shows. But honestly, I, I had a great time. I spoke to a lot of people. I was busy the whole time. And I guess to put to rest a lot of what I do, I, it's not attractive, but I literally spend half my time online uh, making pitches to companies, trying to get them to spend money either as advertisers, uh, sponsors for my events, or clients uh, of our email marketing software. I mean, we have a product that's similar to MailChimp, but we allow adult content. So I'm out there looking for leads. I, I spend a lot of time pounding the pavement, you know, whereas a lot of people would try to get some assistant or some 20-something, you know, to go out and do their sales bidding for them. I'm still out there doing a lot of that myself. I'm out there pushing for money, uh, collecting, doing what I can. Um, and of course, I speak to a lot of a lot of people. A, a typical day, I will have you know Twitter or text or Skype conversations with a minimum of like twenty or thirty people. I'll have phone calls with another half dozen. I, I just spread myself out there as much as I possibly can. I mean, you know, a lot of the other companies and my competitors, they have a whole team of people doing these things. And, uh, you know, frankly, you know, that costs money. And a lot of times it's money that I either don't have or I don't want to part with. Uh, and frankly, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing all the things that I do. And while I have the ability and the energy to do it, I'm not going to quit. Well, good. Excellent. Well, like I said, and I'm the world's worst salesperson. I hate asking for money. And uh, so I'd, I'd have no sales. And I just say, geez, I thought I'd just be able to look at a bunch of tits. You'd end up firing me. I, I have I, even a hard time in selling these fucking hats, but they are $25 a piece. Oh, they're yeah. cool. <laughs> and uh, Derek is wearing one, and they're available from Danny Black. Danny Black has one. I think it's, uh, I, I don't know his exact website. One of them is Make Cuckholding Great Again. And I'm sure that's where you'll just talk. Is that a fitted cap or is it a snapback? It's a snapback. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. Mine's Derek's, a snapback. Got, Derek's got one on. He is out modeling it. And uh, uh, I, this was, uh, uh, they, I think they call this the Peter North edition. <laughs> but, oh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, and it's, it's uh, Ray's. He, he embroiders over foam. And uh, he just does the coolest hat. So. Yeah. If uh, you ever have Danny do one for you, he'll he'll do it upright because he did that. Anyway, these are $25. You can find them online at justtalking.com. Click the link at the bottom of the page. So anyway, that's my sales pitch. Like I said, I suck at it. <laughs> but, well, let me uh, ask you this. Did you ever do telemarketing jobs back when you were younger? I did. I worked at a telemarketing thing for three days and said, fuck that and quit. Now, I tell you, back in the 80s, I was working during college. I was working for some foundation that asked alumni uh, to pledge money on a monthly or a quarterly basis. And back then, you know, telemarketing was a very viable, great way to make good money mm -hmm. uh, as a student. And I was doing that. And then I worked for the Minneapolis Star Tribune newspaper oh. selling subscriptions. I was making 25 bucks an hour when I was 19 years old back in the late 80s, wow. which was I was making rent payments after two or three days of work for the month. It was sick. And who knew that that kind of thing would lead me on? I mean, I'm not doing telemarketing now, but I mean, the, the ability to pitch people and to put that kind of effort and time into something, that that would prepare me for stuff 30 plus years later. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see a website about titties? Give me some money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, Derek is with us. Derek from Wisconsin. How are we doing, Derek? I'm doing good there, hey. Yeah. I'm doing very fine, thanks. Um, good evening, and Jay, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, your uh, company, uh, 25, 30 years has been in business? Uh, 27, yeah, 27. Okay, so throw one at you there. Do you think that the fact that you were promoting the adult industry at the time helped you survive the dot-com bubble? It's interesting because there was so much more money to go around, I think, and so fewer people involved in the industry when the dot-com bubble broke. I mean, that was pretty much right around the time I started working for Why Not. 
I think the dot-com bubble started bursting around 2000, and then by 2001, 2002, it was fully destroyed. So many mainstream companies were just done. Um, I was actually kind of affected by it because the company that owned Why Not would eventually go on to become Streamate years later. So those companies were all combined way the hell back then. And why not, after I'd been, you know, with both of these brands, but in a kind of a different capacity, said, yeah, we'll work with you full time. Uh, I learned very early on that there's a lot of adversity to have in this industry, no matter what you're doing. You can meet all kinds of challenges, whether it's family, uh, other businesses, government entities. There's just uh, forever, things are forever changing and, and, and morphing. Uh, so I learned early on that you really need to adapt. You really need to always be looking for other revenue streams because what might be working for you for a few years could dry up in a day. Well, not a day, uh -huh. but months. So, yeah, I've been hit with a number of shitty situations that I learned how to volley. Some of them I did it on my own. Others I've done with business partners and friends. Um, I guess one of the things that has been saving grace for me is that I've never been <laughs> I've never been rich. I've never made a ton of money. So I don't know what it's like to go from making millions of dollars a year as an affiliate program operator and living that kind of high style life to where you're losing half your business because tube sites came around and decimated everything and were giving away content for free. And then all of a sudden now you can't keep up with your mortgage payments. Now you can't do this. Now you can't do that. I would be able to just find clients for a few thousand a month here and there and work for them. And I've really learned how to be self-sufficient that way. Boy, that was like a really long drawn out answer. I hope that gives you the oh, uh, info no. you needed. That's a great answer and good for you. And uh, from what you were saying earlier about hitting the pavement, pounding it and going to all the conventions and shows, I mean, that's, you know, the passion, that's what does it. And yeah, yeah you don't have to be rich to uh, enjoy what you do. And, uh, and just to answer a side question, these hats, I, did you ask if they were fitted? Yeah, but they have, they have a snapback. Yeah, he does make fitted ones as well. I love fitted hats, but I love yeah, any kind of hats. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, always, yeah. Um, and then just uh, one, uh, hey, Sean, thank you again, yeah. my friend. Uh, you're Much appreciated, and it will take its rightful place. <laughs> Right there. Oh, man, you're too much. Thanks, there. You're the I man. I it for you, man. <laughs> hey, I said, does he want something like X-rated or anything? He, no. Uh, give him, no, give no. him the, your, your legitimate shit. So you got right, what I'm right. proud of the most. Thank you. I man. want one of those. <laughs> one of the Mac ads. I remember those. <laughs> Thank you. I have a few of them. <laughs> and, and, and I just want to say something to Jay's. I was in New York in the 80s. And I remember auditioning and pounding the pavement, and I got a job. I'm trying to think. It was uh, Texas Instruments. Oh. And they put you in a boiler room. And I was selling uh, office supplies and pens and little Texas Instruments, a little fucking calculator. Yeah. And you really learn how to close because you're cold, cold calling. Yeah. And you yep. just reminded me of that. I hadn't thought about that in 40 years. But, yeah, you're cold calling, and you're staying there, and you got the leader around you, and if you don't make it, you're out in two days, and I, I managed to last there. So that's yeah. a that's a pretty hard sell, cold canvassing like that. Yeah, the, learning how to close deals is so freaking important. You just got to learn how to go for it. I mean, it is a skill that's sort of in in uh, innate, but at the same time, it's a learned skill. Um, and a lot of it you can kind of transfer over to life. I mean, dude, I've gotten first-class tickets for free because I've schmoozed the gate. And, you know, it's like I get these upgrades. The thing is, and I always tell people this, it doesn't hurt to just ask. What's the worst that could fucking happen? You could get, you know, oh, wait, can I swear on the show? I need to think about that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So what's the worst that can fucking happen? You know, you're told no, or maybe you're slapped. I don't know. Whatever. It depends on what the ask is. But really, you're, you're better off regretting uh, doing it rather than not doing it, if that makes any sense. And um, oh, Totally agree with you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my wife always says that, I, you know, the answer uh, to an unasked question is always no. And so I said, anal? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, maybe. Maybe. Said, Bring it. <laughs> maybe means yes in a lot of cases. If you can just get them to say no three times in a, in a sale, that's where I kind of cut things off. It's like, you know, if someone tells me no, that's not no. It's no for now. No. You turn it into a yes. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, you go back and you ask me if I did telemarketing. 
I did when I first went full time with my computer guy job. I thought I need a second income just in case. And I, I worked with this telemarketing thing where you would sign up for a section of time and you hooked the phone to your laptop and it was a separate line in your house. And uh, when the phone rang, a script pop up on your computer and you'd read them. And I remember one of them, well, there was kind of there was a couple I remember was uh, posti, some um, uh, for prostate cancer. Uh, it was it was to uh, puff your cock up, uh, to uh, blow your cock up. And the guy says, you put that around your balls? And I said, uh, no, Postivac. It was called Postivac. And then uh, this one chick calls up. Uh, I was selling some weight loss uh, device, uh, kind of like the Suzanne Summers thymus. Yeah, the thymus. Anyway, some device. And I was, and I was supposed to um, ask them how much weight they wanted to lose. And this chick says, 300 pounds. <laughs> like, uh, this ain't going to help you, bitch. <laughs> Amputation. That's what yeah. you need. Amputation. But, uh, I mean, even the night of... Uh, Diet and exercise. Uh, remember the night they had... Uh, um, oh, uh, the, one of those star shows where they have... Uh, they vote on, vote on you. Anyway, yeah. um, the night they had the gal sing with the Elvis hologram... This was years ago. And anyway, you could give uh, money to the Red Cross or whatever. Anyway, somebody gave $3,000 off her credit card. It's like, holy shit. And you had to take all that. And you got paid 25 cents a minute. And so you'd say, so the spelling of your name is, you know, you spell back lip shits, you know, like L-I-I-P. Anyway, you'd always spell her name back and, and draw it out a little bit. But anyway, yeah, that was, that was, um, uh, a fun job for a while until it wasn't. Memories. Closing mm -hmm. deals. Yeah, I yeah. never did that. I did credit card collections. That was a tough job. I did that for a year. Ah, yeah, my wife did that. That too. was tough. So and I came, yeah. got back from my honeymoon. They said, we're closing collections, but we want to keep you with the bank. And I'm like, okay. And then I ended up moving over to uh, credit card fraud, which I had so much fun with. Oh, God. People are scum. Some of them. <laughs> Nobody in this group. People are scum. People are scum. Yeah, why not tonight? People are scum. Close the fucking deal. Uh, Charles, you have a question for Jay. I did not really, although it's interesting to hear about your kind of career in the in the business. Because it's like, I think most of us as fans, autograph collectors, we see kind of the finished product, you know, which is basically people screwing. But we don't really think about what kind of goes on behind that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to hear about that. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and you know, it's funny is is that um, what you see in pictures and what you see as the final product, whether people are you know doing a scene or whether they're having fun or whether they're out or whatever. Um, yeah, that's all great. I mean, yes, I, I'm not going to complain at all. I have a wonderful life and I have a wonderful job, but. A lot of people don't see the hard work and just the 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 boring the the bullshit. A lot of the stuff that goes into it, you know, it's regular career. I mean, it's just like we have right. problems. Just it's like work, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, there's always someone trying to gun for you one way or another. They're either trying to cause you damage on social media or they're going after your clients or they're doing something. I mean, you know, I just got. I've, I've never thought of it as being a you know, kind of cutthroat competitive business, but I guess in a sense it is, yeah. It is, but I will say this, though. Even a mediocre day in the adult industry is still better than a great day in mainstream. I worked in Hollywood for a few years, and a lot of the bullshit and egos and attitudes that I had to put up with in that, it was just like, you know what, this is a stepping stone. I can't be doing this permanently because I was an actor before that, and once I got behind the scenes on things, I'm realizing, yeah, this is not where I belong. I just need to figure out what my next move is after this. Uh, but, yeah, there is a lot of cutthroat stuff. There's, you know, uh, a lot of friendly. Is there, is there a lot of ego stuff in the adult industry, too, or is it just a different type of? It's a different type. I mean, I deal with egos. Some might even say I've got an ego in some respects, but, you know, it, it's not it's not any worse here than anywhere else that I've ever dealt with. You know, I think some of the worst things that I deal with, you know, there's some loyalty issues as far as businesses and brands. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I recently wrapped up a fucking lawsuit. Somebody was going after me over a freaking image on my website that shouldn't have been there, but it was given to me by a prominent PR person that I was just doing my job running his stuff. And the photographer on the photo who makes it a fucking habit of going after people and, as far as I'm concerned, extorting money because that's what she uses to pay her bills. Uh, she confused a model. The model gave it to her PR person, gave it to me. We ran it. And now I'm fucking left there holding the bag. So that was a very costly fucking thing uh, a few months ago. And when all was said and done, I, I'm not going to get into it, but I didn't get a shred of help from the PR person. Asked him, didn't seem like he seemed to be that interested. Had my lawyer send him a demand letter and nothing came out of it. So that was a professional Jeez. relationship. Yeah, destroyed after 20 years. But I mean, you know what? That's life. Yep. Well, thank you for answering our questions. Yeah. You got it. Alex is with us. Alex, how are you doing tonight up there in Minnesota? I'm doing pretty decently. Um, so my question is, um, when it comes to um, selling ad space for, like, adult industry sort of stuff, though, um, I was just wondering, like, um, like, what's the ins and outs of this sort of thing? Like, like how did you get into, you know, this type of industry? Uh, is that for me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I got into this type of industry because, first of all, I've been a fan of porn since, I don't know, 1979 when I picked up my first Hustler magazine. Um, I ended up in a role in my company where a huge, huge portion of what uh, pays the bills and the salaries is online advertising. You know, we've got a good amount of traffic that was coming and still is to this day coming to our site, uh, looking to make purchase decisions. And frankly, the companies that had lots of money to spend would sometimes bid for placement. But the thing is, is that you have to know the leaders and the decision makers of a lot of these companies. You have to know who's spending money. You might look at your competitors and see who's advertising on their sites. Then you know who has the money and, you know, see if you can try to work a deal. But, you know, finding the decision maker is critical. Knowing price points, knowing triggers, knowing how to sell knowing what kind of value is going to keep them happy. Because, uh, I mean, I could sell someone $500 a month worth of advertising, uh, but, you know, if they're going to want, you know, X number of clicks or, uh, you know, X number of deals, uh, a lot of times it's managing expectations and it's giving them value because you want someone to be a customer for a very long time. The same goes if you're a model. You know, you want you find someone who's buying your content, they're joining your OnlyFans or whatever, and they become a, a reliable source of income. You want to hold on to that for as long as possible. There's going to be that normal churn, uh, but you know that's one of the things that I do is I talk to my advertisers, I see them at shows, I have regular conversations with them. Um, I make it so that they would it would hurt my feelings or vice versa if they, they left, you know, that's the kind of personal relationship uh, that I try to build with pretty much just about anybody that I do business with. All right. That sounds awesome. Thank you. That gives a logical kind of puts a face on a little bit of what you do today. Uh, hey, don't forget uh, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about Brian Pilgrim. will be our guest. I even have a little Brian Pilgrim card there. He's just so nice to. to yeah, he's a good dude. He's a he good is, dude. I, yeah. He's down to earth. Yeah. 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 Just, but then I saw him on, on, um, on Twitter today, choking a girl with his cock. So, you know, <laughs> he, he has split personality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jessica, there's Jessica looking all cute and stuff, dressing her little, uh, whatever she's got on there. I have a tank top. Wow. Well, you're just getting ready for your only fan shift or what are you doing tonight? Um, I'm actually just hanging out. <laughs> all right. Question for Jay and all? Um, I just want to say hello. I don't really know much about you, but hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's a nice Sunday evening here, and I'm, I'm among good company. So this is, this is a nice, uh, nice way to end the weekend. Yeah, it's a really nice group here. We have a lot of fun, and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. So, yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a question I was going to, that's a question I'll ask Richard Pacheco. Uh, do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. No, you pronounce it Frankfurt. Ah! <laughs> what a fucking hot dog you are. 
And if you're from where I'm from, you don't pronounce it Louisville. You pronounce it Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Or you got a fucking frog in your mouth. Exactly. Or a mouthful of dicks. We're learning a lot today. Everybody is scum. Nothing like a mouthful of dicks. Mouthful of dicks. <laughs> yum, yum. Well, since, we, since we brought uh, Richard into the conversation, Richard, you have a question for Jay. I've been listening to nothing but answers to things I know nothing about. Um, you began by saying you started out in 1996, and my first thought was I was already dead for 10 years by then. Uh, oh, Jesus. So it made me feel very old. I really haven't a clue what your job looks like from doing. I mean, I see the skills that you have and are, and you're, you're glib and you're smart and you're fast on your feet, Thank you. and I like your heart. Um, you. Those are all good things no matter what area you're living in. But I, have, I just don't know the world at all of what it's like these days. It changes. I mean, honestly, the industry looks nothing like it did pre-pandemic. You know, go back several years before that, before tube sites and the, uh, the recession happened, like between 2008, 2010. It was a completely different landscape back then as well. I mean, there's still a lot of us dinosaurs around on the adult business side of things who've been around all this time. But I've seen so many people come and go, either as I workers, bet. performers business models that used to be just solid back in the day have changed completely. There's just so much upheaval. And I mean, now with AI coming around and doing its damage, yeah. I mean, don't even get me fucking started on that, but it's like, now what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here in awe at uh, what the world is becoming and uh, <laughs> waiting around to die. You know, <laughs> I have no idea how to fit in. I watch Sean who, um, Sean Elliott, who basically, he's sort of uh, at the end of my era, got in, um, but uh, he manages to keep up with the changes. He's found a place to participate at this stage of his life and all that. And uh, I, I, I look around and I, I go, well, maybe I can do something. What can I possibly do? They sit around and sound like Gabby Hayes, and nobody remembers who Gabby Hayes was. And so, I do. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that pretty good, Roy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't fit in the world, and I—it's just yeah, I like to oh, see you fit. I tell you that every week. I would love to see you. You know, we could talk to some people. Just cameos. Just get that name back out there. That's what they did with me. I mean, well, it, we're amongst friends and whoever's listening, but that's what they did with me. I don't know. I'm I'm working on. I'm starting to write a, a screenplay for uh, my second book. So I, I, that's my that's on my plate for the next six months. I figured probably get that. Yeah. That takes a life. After that, I'll worry about the next step. There you go. That's a lot of dedication, and motivation to do that. So you know, good on you. Yeah, and Richard just had a birthday this past week. I did. I just turned seventy-five on Cinco de Mayo. Mazel tov. Thank you. Thank you. Happy, happy belated. So you were Thank born you. in 48. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I consider being born in the late 40s as a fucking golden era of being alive because you got to be a kid in the 50s, you got to be an adolescent in the 60s, and you got to enjoy all the ridiculous debauchery at a good age in the 70s. You sound like my autobiography. You know, <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. I, I, I'm happy with the time. Time slot I got, too. Yeah. I think you won the lottery in a lot of respects, man. I won the lottery in the draft. You know, when... Um, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest downfall. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, my draft board was hounding me um, to, to come on down and say hi, and I was <laughs> not in the mood. So I, I, I religiously, so to speak, worked on a conscientious objector plan. Yeah. And I, they were fighting with me about granting it to me. And then the draft lottery came along. And right in the middle of all this fighting with the draft board, my number came up. Uh, I was number, um, I can't remember the sequence of how it went, but the, the, the bottom line was I was number 362 out of 365. So there would have to be a triple nuclear war before yeah. I would be called up. Yeah. And then, then they gave me the CO because they, they didn't want to, you know, it didn't matter anymore. I wasn't going to get called up. But that was very lucky, and I was very happy about it. That's the only thing I've ever won. I yeah. Felt. Well, yeah, my dad, my dad was drafted uh, the year before I was born. And uh, he 
drafted and uh, he flunked his physical. Otherwise he would have gone in and I'm sure he wouldn't have lasted. He's not that type, you know, and uh, he survived it. And then I was born literally a year later. I remember when uh, we were, we had draft counselors who taught you how to beat the draft. This is in the early days. And I'm yeah. talking about 1966, 65. And one of the guy's name was Lenny Heller. And what he did is when he went in for his physical, he had shoved a bunch of peanut butter up his ass. <laughs> so when they got when they got when they got to the naked part, he reached behind, stuck his finger in, pulled out a brown blob, ah. and started eating it. Oh, four <laughs> F, four F. You can anything you want, But then they started getting hip to these kind of things, and they, they stopped working. But that was the best I ever heard. I, I I just think that. Uh, Paul Thomas's uh, way was pretty handy too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Well, what was it? Tell him. Oh, he, he he got a hard on for four hours during the physical. Didn't you? He did a, a TED talk on that. It's online. It's it's like a forty-five minute deal of him having a hard on for four hours. Oh God, Richard, you ever saw that? No. Oh, no. I was put that in the green eye. He, he thought all of a sudden, he thought, you know, we're all standing around in our underwear. Uh, <laughs> if I got a hard on for four hours and said, I can't help it, I can't help it, they would. And, they, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. So, wow. God bless him. Yeah. So I'll, have to, I'll have to find that on, uh, I, it's on YouTube somewhere, so I'll have to dig that out. But How did he do it? it? Yeah. That yeah. Was, there wasn't any Viagra. Yeah, you didn't have that back then. And I mean, he was around. A natural freak. Must have been a really purdy sergeant. <laughs> then they, uh, he said they took him into a private room for a private, you know, and he said, I, I just can't help. I just get hard around all these guys. And <laughs> is that going to be a problem officer, you know? And, uh, out. <laughs> Fuck out. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, Derek wanted to ask one more question on the second round. Sure. I did. I did. So, um, Jay, you mentioned you were you did some time in Hollywood. Yep. So I just looked up. Uh, I looked up on your IMDb. It says, <laughs> and I never saw it, but it says you on Friday Night Lights played a DMV guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you watch I, that? I for eight years was a DMV guy. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Look at that. This does not fit me anymore, but even as late as uh, 2012, it still had the old shoulder pads. And, wow. But, uh, so, um, played the DMV. Yeah, I was after you playing it for even just one day. Uh, I played it for eight years. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I played a bunch of different characters on TV. Uh Primarily through the 90s, and then after I moved to Austin, there was still a lot of TV and film production going on here. And uh, I got back with an agency and went out on auditions and booked roles here and there. But I really haven't done any kind of uh, TV or film work for Hollywood in 10 years, 9 years. Are you after? Are you still pay your Yeah. Pay? No, I, I, I ended up uh, taking... Honorable discharge, or whatever the fuck they call it, because they didn't want to keep paying the dues every year if I'm not really going to audition. I mean, unless I'm being called in specifically. And the thing is, it's all video nowadays. It's like I need to get in and talk to a casting director and actually be present, because even if I suck in the audition, I can still win the people over with who I am. Uh, I just wish I had these skills better when I was in my 20s and 30s uh, because, you know, that's when I really wanted to be a fucking famous actor back then. But, um, yeah, it's like unless I'm being called in for something specific for the right age range and for the type role and everything, because, I mean, I get calls for like they need somebody 30 to 60, you know, between 5'8 and 6 feet tall. It's like, you know what? That's like 50% of the male population. Get out of here with that shit, you know? Yeah, and you're a day player, and they're paying you 50 bucks. And it's not no, 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 fuck that. Oh, I'll, shit, I'll, fuck it. Yeah. I went to Vegas to do, and Casino was being filmed there, and I see oh. a casting call and, um, and, uh, at the Riviera. Yeah. $50 to get paid. Kay looks at me. I says, I'm not going down. This ain't acting. You're in a crowd of 1,000 people. Yeah. But it's funny you said that because anytime I got a role on anything, it was – it's. I was playing uh, softball, Jay, for the New York show business league. 
yeah. in my uniform, went up and demanded to see a casting agent for a soap. You don't do that. And she said, they let me buy masks. He said, what are you doing Friday at 3.30? And that's how I got a role. Because if you do things online, your strong suit is in person. You yeah. can sell it there. Me too. It's very tough to blow on my, and in the regular world too, in business. I don't understand how people get jobs now because I suck online. I, I don't get, either. I mean, some I of the best know. roles that I got on TV, I was on an episode of uh, In the House, Ella Cool J show back in the mid-90s. I had a role on that show. Um, I was also on Seventh Heaven. I had a role in that like a, a year later. This is like 96, 97. And those roles I got primarily because I just, I think I knocked the socks off the casting director. And Do you know what Alan Chassett? Was Alan Chassett casting director there? Alan Chassett Baxter? Mm, little short brunette? Doesn't remember. I thought she was on Seventh. I'll talk to you about her not in the Zoom. Okay. was my brother's old girlfriend. He got her and she became a director for a lot of shows that had these people on it. I thought Seventh Heaven was one of them. Ah. So, but yeah, you talked to her and then you knocked it out of the park and you kept going back. That's what yeah. you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean uh, to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> James, another question uh, for Jay? Uh, yeah. Uh, you said you've been a, uh, you started Why Not back in 96? Some uh, guy named Rick started it in 96. I joined the company in 2000. Oh, in 2000. Okay. Well, who, uh, who was some of the, like, the major players that were with Why Not at the time that you were, that... The biggest name back then was a character named Bob Rice, who went by the nickname of Why Not Bob. But he okay. was kind of out of the industry maybe six years after that. He was one of the owners and really a big personality in the industry. Uh, but as far as, like, companies that were, like, really big and well-known, I mean, you have companies like Max Cash, Silver Cash, Top Bucks, Platinum Bucks. These were all major affiliate programs. Uh, that were making millions of dollars a month on pay right. sites alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know in uh, two thousand that was a that's a it was it was really rough because you know at that time porn was pretty porn on online. It was really it was really hard to watch. How <laughs> well, so? Because of the bandwidth. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was not like it is today. But not yeah, like it is today. I wasn't really involved with the video stars back then. I was much more involved with the the pay sites and, you know, the the internet sensations way back when. I mean, I knew models that were on a site called Lightspeed Cash, which was one of the first slew of pay sites that featured girls that were really between the ages of 18 to 21 that were cheerleader types, the girl next door, and some of them were making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. Woo! Yeah. And I was making about, God, what was I making back then? I think I was starting out at like $36,000 back in 2000, uh, which was a jump from what I was making in Hollywood uh, before that. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anybody else with a question for uh, Jamie before we cut loose here? All right. Well, I must say that every day for you just must be a different day. I mean, there are probably no two days alike. Um, some days are similar, uh, but yeah, there's always something that makes my days different for better or for worse. Um, you talked about, you know, the, the stars you'd seen come and go over the time you've been in the business. Uh, give me one example of one male and one female star that you just say, oh shit, I wish they were back. Oh boy. Um, God, that's. That's really tough. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, people like, uh, God, why is my name? Uh, this is the, what getting older sucks because you forget things so easily. <laughs> I mean, like I was watching Ginger Lynn. I was watching Nina Hartley. I was watching a lot of the classics back in the 80s when I was too young to be watching porn. And I had that, you know, hour before my parents would get home and my dad was, you know, collecting VHS tapes. So I had access to all this stuff. But as far as someone, I mean, I will just say this. And, you know, I might get hate for this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, I really, really wish someone would have put the kibosh on Ron Jeremy's activities way, way back when and just said, you know what, don't do this shit. It's not good. You've got a great career. You're one of the most recognizable male porn stars in the world. Don't fuck it up. But, right. you know, he was enabled more and more and more over the years until finally it all just came crashing down on him. And now his legacy, well, now, I mean, for years now, his legacy 
uh, is going to be shit. It's like Joe Paterno, you know, with, with Penn State. He right. was the most winningest football coach in history, and he could have had it all, but you know what? He knew what went on back, you know, way, way back when with his assistant coach or whatever. He did nothing about it, and it completely fucking tar- tarnished and destroyed his reputation, and then he shortly died before any justice could even could happen. So it's just I, I wish the people that really had it all and realized they had it all would not have, I guess, thrown it away. Because it would have been really nice if, you know, he was still around and healthy enough and everything, but he fucked up. Um, you know, I, it would be really nice if John Holmes didn't die of AIDS back in the late 80s, you know. I mean, the guy would probably be in his mid... Now he'd probably be close to 80 by now, I think. You know, it would be interesting if he could be around. Um, you know, you got people like Brittany Andrews, Tara Patrick that are still around, they're still kicking, they're still doing great. You know, I, I just saw Ginger Lynn at the Exotica in Chicago. Um, you know, there's uh, Christy Canyon still around. So there isn't really anybody who's not around that it's like I really pine for, I, I can honestly say. I was so glad to see Nikki Dial come back. I going to say that, that she was great to see her. Yeah, yeah I remember So beautiful. Her. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, and, and, when I was uh, in Miami, uh, I walked around the corner to pay my bar bill, and there's Stephen St. Croix standing there. And uh, it was so cool to see Stephen St. Croix as well. So um, that's just, he just kind of like was there. It's like, oh, Stephen St. Croix, let me get a selfie with you. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, one of those deals. Anyway, don't forget, next week we have Brian Pilgrim as our guest. And, of course, we have the new time now. We've switched it back to the original time. And hopefully we'll just leave it there for a while. But uh, Brian is going to be with us. It was great to see Brian at uh, Exotica in Chicago. He's just kind of a uh, humble guy, just kind of hanging out. And uh, it was great to see him uh, at the show on the floor as well, too, at Exotica. So, uh, Jay, we certainly want to wish you well. And uh, we're going to see you down the road. I know we are. That's for sure. Yeah. I will be at the Miami Exotica in mid-July. Uh, I will be at the Why Not Cam Unity and the Why Not Cam Awards in Hollywood, which is business only, no fans. So this is a very different event than Exotica. I will be there uh, from August 6th to 9th, 10th even. And uh, I will, of course, be at the Exotica New Jersey and Exotica DCs later this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad we connected in Chicago, Patrick. That was uh, kind of a chance meeting, and I'm glad it happened. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I appreciate you and the rest of your team here. You bet. And certainly uh, you are invited to bring Tom Jones with you if you wish. <laughs> so. It's not unusual. <laughs> yeah, I did that in karaoke one night, and, and uh, they didn't leave, so I, uh, it worked out. <laughs> uh, anyway, again, uh, Brian Pilgrim, our guest next week. We've been talking with Jay from Why Not. We really appreciate his time. Again, you can find us online at www.jizztalking.com. Uh, We're on Twitter at just talking and if you just type in just talking in your uh, browser for uh youtube our youtube channel pulls up too so tomorrow morning we'll have that up and running and all those podcasts will be uh, out and about too so again uh, next week brian pilgrim we'll see you next week on just talking.com thanks everybody for coming out